Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Good morning, Shavua Tov, to our Tayyret Suheder. I will start off the Yiddish word of the day, brought to you by Kate's Financial Services. Tayyret. Did you ever hear that term? Maybe your grandmother said to you, my Tayyrinke. Tayyret means dear. Tayyret. Tayyret is my, is my dear. And my grandmother would often say, my Tayyrinke which is sort of a, a way of saying my dear um, in a ende- form of endearment. You know, the, the famous story with the, uh, the, the Jewish mother who never called her son by his name. You know, she would always call him Shayna Punim, my Ziskite, my sweetheart, uh, you know, um, cutie pie. And that's what she called him ever since the kid was born. That's all what she referred to him. And then the day came, just like our dear Khani here went to kindergarten, that child goes to kindergarten. And on the first day of the school, you know, she sends him off to school. My tidinka, have a great day in school. He comes home, he comes off the bus, and the mother says, so my Ziskite. My Ziskite is like my sweetheart. Tell me, what did you learn in school today? And, and, and the little kid says, well, I found out that I have a name and that it's David. Bada boom. So tidetsuher, that means my dear listeners. And it's a form of endearment because I really do appreciate you for joining me each week, or even if you're joining me for the first time today. I appreciate that too. Um, whether you join me always or just the first time, or if you're a, a, a hybrid listener, sometimes you're here, sometimes you're not. I don't know if I, I use the word hybrid correctly in this uh, sentence, but I'm very excited that you're here today, today being the 11th day in the month, in the Hebrew month of um, Cheshvan, Cheshvan, the 11th day of the Hebrew month of Cheshvan. And you know what's so unique about this day is that today is the yard site of a very, very famous person. I asked it in Shul yesterday and it was a little tough, but we got, we got an answer. We got an answer. That's right. Today is the yard site of Rachel Imenu. Our, our uh, matriarch, Rachel, her yard site is today, the 11th day of Cheshvon, and, and people, many, many thousands of people go visit her gravesite, which is in the city of Beis Lechem. She's not buried together with um, her husband, Yaakov, in uh, Hebron, in the, in the cave of our patriarchs. She's not buried there. She's actually buried a distance away. I think in the olden days it would have been a half a day travel from where she passed away. She passed away in Beis Lechem and she's buried also today's day it's known as Bethlehem. And she was buried right there and, and, and Yaakov does it out of uh, using uh, you know divine inspiration that he decides to not carry her all the way to Hebron to bury her together with him in the special tomb of our patriarchs, but rather he, he buries her, so to speak, along the way. What's it along the way of? Well, many years later, the Jewish people were sent to exile. After the destruction of the first temple, they were sent to exile, and they passed by 
Beis Lechem. They passed by Bethlehem. They had a chance to go pray at her gravesite. You know, it's a, a very important or, or wonderful opportunity when a person is going through trouble, or even if not, to be able to go to the gravesite of a tzaddik, of a righteous person, and to pray there. So the Jewish people now being led away to exile, and they are able to stop by her graveside and pray and ask her to intercede on their behalf um, at, the, at, the great th- at God's great throne. And when the Torah tells us that she stands there, so to speak, at her grave, and she cries, Rachel Mavaka Albaneha, she cries for her children. She cries that her children need to go off into this terrible exile, but she's assured and assures them that Vashavu Banim Ligvulam, that the Jewish children, the Jewish people will come back to their, uh, to their land. And indeed, that happens. Um, 70 years later, 70 years later, the Jewish people do come back to the land of Israel. So Rachel is the uh, icon of a Yiddish mama. I used that word in the past. Yiddish mama is a Jewish mother, the quintessential Jewish mother that's always worried about her children, never gives up. Um, always taking care of them, no matter how old they are, and what age they are, and what generation they are. You know the joke about whether when does when does uh, life begin? And every religion has a different argument about when life begins. And you know the you know the, the, the Catholics and the the Protestants and the everyone has a different definition, conception, and this and yens and the other. Judaism knows that life only begins. When the child is 35 and finishes med school and leaves the house. That's the Yiddish mama. The Yiddish mama is always taking care of her children. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're always there for them. Always um, cuddling them, obviously, in, in, in a different way at a different age. But always there to make sure that nothing is wrong and that they uh, look at both directions when they cross the street, the physical street, or when they cross the the uh, streets of life. So Rachel Imenu represents that quintessential Jewish Yiddish mama, Jewish mother, and it's important to t- take this day to contemplate, to think about all of the Yiddish mamas in our lives. This is the best day to think of as the Jewish Mother's Day, the day when we think about all of our mothers and grandmothers, our bubbies and zaydis, well, in this case, our bubbies, of how they are there for us and have been there for us and how we know, just like Rachel Imenu told us back then, that Shavu Banim Ligvulam, the Jewish people, will come back to the land after they went into the first exile. Now, thousands of years later, when we are um, in our final exile and we're ready to go back to the land uh, of Israel together with the revelation of Mashiach, we know that today especially she is praying for us and we can think about her and ask her to pray for us so that we have the revelation of Mashiach now and we go back to the land of Israel, not just in the trip I'm going to talk about in a few minutes that we're going in March, but to go back as a nation, the Jewish people, to rebuild the temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. No more wars, no more suffering. And that indeed is the um, utopian time we wait for with the coming of Mashiach. I have Khani anxiously standing by. She wants to, she likes, and everyone really enjoys when she uh, leads us with uh, the blessing of the prayer. So um, we're going to ask, she also said she wants to sing a song again. Um, so we're going to ask her to join me right here in uh, Studio 34. Um, here we go. So the first thing we're going to do is everyone should take a yarmulke and put it on your head. And then... Um, Find anything, throw it on your head, just a shmata is good. And then take your right hand and cover your eyes and let's say this together. Shema Yisrawah Adenai Elayene Adenai Echad Barach Shem Kedai Malchusai Le'olam Va'ed. Okay, that was very good, Chani. And now we're going to give some tzedakah. Here. Okay, we have a coin. 
Let's leave it at that. Let me put my coin in the pushka. If you have a coin, please grab a coin, put it in the pushka. You could put it in a homemade pushka if you like by uh, putting it in a cup and then transferring it to a pushka. You need a pushka? Reach out to me. Rabbi at JewishMA.com. J-E-W-I-S-H-M-A.com. And I will send you or give you your own pushka for free. No charge. You got a pushka, you can have it in your house, hang it on your wall, and every day you can make it a charitable day. And now we're going to say a bracha. If you have a drink, hold it in your hand, and let's say it together. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam Shehakol Nihia Bidvaro. Honey, you say Amen. Amen. There we go. Someone who hears the blessing from someone else answers Amen. We don't say Amen to our own blessings, but when you hear somebody else saying a blessing, you answer Amen. Now, being that we are in the month of Cheshvan, and there aren't many uh, typical uh, Jewish holidays in the month, but there is a holiday that's referred to as Dida Natsach. Victory is ours, which comes up in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, well, today's the 11th, so it's uh, in four, exactly two weeks. Exactly two weeks from today. So, uh, Khani, take it away. Dida Natsach, ay, 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 Dida Natsach, ay, 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 Thank you, Khani. Okay, as you run off to uh, Hebrew school, I'm going to play the Hebrew school anthem that Khani turned me on to last week. She told me that we have a special song that is being taught to the Hebrew school children, and I didn't get a chance uh, to play it last week, so I'm going to play it for you now, and maybe I'll find a musical um, a rendition of the song that Khani just sang. So enjoy this uh, Hebrew school anthem for this year, that's the year of 2021-2022, or as we know it in the Hebrew calendar, as the year 5782. different i know i'm alone what is my song what is the why i'm living for i look at you israel you are my answer the present from god so i can be light when everything else is in the dark Hashem is alive this torah is alive i'm silent so i'm alive Hashem is alive this torah is alive i'm silent i've been alive three thousand years i'm still here My soul, it's their home inside of me. Three thousand years, I'm still here. Torah's the reason that I'm forever. No matter where I go, no matter what they say, Israel's my soul. It's their home inside of me. It's their home inside of me. Mashiach's gonna take us home Hashem is alive This Torah is alive I'm Israel Chai So I'm alive Hashem is alive This Torah is alive I'm Israel Chai I've been alive Three thousand years I'm still here This Torah's the reason That I'm forever No matter where I go No matter what they say Israel's my soul it's their home inside of me. Three thousand years, I'm still here. Store us the reason. 
So that was a great uh, anthem that they made, the Sea Kids, the Chabad Kids program made for this year's Hebrew school. It always includes at least once the line, I am a Jew and I'm proud and I'm Yisrael Chai. Because indeed, it is because of the amazing Jewish children that we are around and will be around uh, forever. So I, I told you I'll look for a, a musical rendition of the Dida Natsach song. And although when it's sung, it's usually sung with much gusto and excitement. You know, think about when you say, we won, right? We won is like a, an exciting song. But I did find a rendition um, by Landsman and Solomon. And, and um, it's an interesting, it's a, a guitar and some other instruments. Enjoy. So as I explained last week, every Sunday morning we try to uh, bring you some life lessons from the Torah portion. Talking about life lessons from the Torah portion, you've heard this before, that we're going, we have a, 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 an ongoing discussion. Every Thursday night we, we do them in spurts of six-week 
uh, groupings or groupings of six weeks where we get together on Thursday evenings for some um, spiritual vaccine. You know, you, you got to get the vaccine to become uh, inoculated from disease. You also need a spiritual vaccine that can help you go on. And, you know, by us, it's not that doesn't last for six months and then you need a booster. By us, it lasts. Uh, you really need a booster every day. But at Chabad, we have one at least once a week, a booster shot of um, Torah vaccine. So uh, we've had them now for a couple of years, and we're restarting the new season or the, for the first season of this year, the year 5782. Uh, the new season will begin this Thursday evening. You see, the Torah is a gift from God. And while it's a story, it has a narrative, and it's, it has also interspersed within the narrative, it also has commandments. And it's also very simple for a child. A child of five years old can already start studying the, the, the book of the Torah, as our own Chani is doing now in her kindergarten. But while it's all that, it also has so much more. The word Torah in Hebrew comes etymologically connected to the word, <coughs> excuse me, Hora'ah, which means um, lesson and teaching. So while, the, yeah, it's got stories. Yeah, it's got commandments. But if you wanted to know what is the Bible, what is the Torah? You might say it's history. You might say it's a story. You might say it's a commandments. And all those are true. But it's much more than that. Everything in the Torah is a lesson for us how to live our daily lives even today. The Torah was given to us 3,333 years ago. And today, in the year 5782 in 2021, it's as relevant as it was in the year 2448 when God gave us the Torah. So how is it relevant? You may open up the book of the Torah and say, eh, I don't know, see where it is. You may not even open the book of the Torah. So we have a unique opportunity for you to join us at least for six weeks, because we start with six weeks and usually we go for a few extra weeks and then we start the new season. So we get four seasons every year. And the first season begins this coming uh, Thursday evening. Um, that's, uh, I think it's October 21st. And we go from 7.30 to 8.30. And, and now, because of um, the crazy times we live in, we're going to be giving this hybrid. We used to do it only in person. Then we switched to only um, virtually on Zoom. And now we're going to be doing it in hybrid. In other words... You can choose to come in and be in person and take part, uh, besides taking part in the um, uh, class and the discussion in person. You also get to enjoy some of the delicious desserts that Rachi uh, prepares for uh, the class and get to say a So we invite you to join us. In order to join us, you got to go to our website, um, gachabad.com, and on the top banner, you can click on the link to register. Do it today so we can be prepared for you. So you can do it in person or you can join us via Zoom. And you can have a choice and you can put that into your reservation how you would like to take part in this so that you can see how the Torah is not only relevant to our lives in 2021, but how each Torah portion is so connected to um, what's going on in our lives at that time. So go to our website. Um, uh, it's a minimal uh, tuition charge, but um, we also have a scholarship fund for anyone that can't afford uh, the tuition. No problems. We have a scholarship fund, which you can take part in. If you're able to, you're welcome to make a donation towards that scholarship fund so others can take part in the class for free. But nobody will be turned away for lack of funds. Um, we're going to have a nice class, a nice course, and we look forward to you joining us. This week's class... Is called a well of love. It's very famous that Abraham dug wells and then they got stuffed up, and then his son Isaac redug those wells. And we're going to talk about sustainable love. You know, it's very nice. You hear people say, "Oh, I'm in love with," you know, this person, this guy, this girl. I'm in love with them. What is being in love? In love beings means being giving, generous, wide open, and, and full of dreams. But that's only a first step. So we're going to learn from Abraham, who was the first Jew, who was indeed a man of kindness. He was a man of giving. And yet, the wells of emotion that he dug were stuffed up. How were they reopened? It took his son, who was quiet 
His son Isaac was disciplined and he redug those wells and those wells stayed open forever. And that's how it is in our lives. Kindness, openness, giving is important, but it also has to in, in, include discipline. In Kabbalistic terminology, it's chesed and gvura, kindness and uh, strength and severity. So you want to learn all this Kabbalistic stuff? Don't hesitate. Go to our website, gotchabad.com, G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this Thursday night's class. I'd love for you to be part of this class. So talking about the upcoming class and the new Parsha that we're in now, we start today, Sunday, the first uh, teaching, the first reading of um, uh, the, the week, right? Remember we talked about this last week? There are seven parts, seven alios that we call people up on Shabbos. So each one of those are studied each day. So on Sunday, we study the first aliyah, on Monday, the second, and we study it together with Rashi's commentary. Rashi being the foremost and utmost important um, commentary on the Torah. So we study it with that. So on the first day of the week, it starts off by God telling us that, you know, you may remember from yesterday, that at the end of the Torah portion yesterday, God tells Abraham that he should circumcise himself. Now, how old Abraham was when he circumcised himself? 99. Okay? I know some of you are going, ouch, right? Eight days old is, is one thing, but 99, and he did it to himself. He circumcised himself. He was the first one to be told that he has to be circumcised. And that's what he did. Then we find out later how he has a child, Isaac, and he, that's when he Isaac was the first one to be circumcised on um, the eighth day. Right? That's what we know about it now. We circumcise our young boys at eight days old. But the first one to be told to be circumcised was Abraham, and he was 99 years old. So that's how the portion ends yesterday, or last week's portion. And today it starts with that he's now on the third day after his homemade surgery. I have to speak to my, you know, Dr. Ellie and find out how well, uh, you know, you know, there's autobiographies, but how do you, do you have like auto surgeries where you do surgeries on yourself? I got to find this out if this is something that's uh, sustainable or not. So he's on the third day after his auto surgery and um, he's sitting outside. What is he doing? He's waiting for guests. Remember I said that Abraham was the ultimate of kindness? So he's sitting outside waiting to invite guests into his home. And because it's all he cared about. He was a man of kindness. He wanted to always give to people and invite them in and take care of them, etc. And then God reveals himself. Hence the name of the portion, Vayera, the Hebrew word for the day brought to you by the Armenians, who will, by the way, be here next week. Uh, we're really excited to see them coming all the way from California. So the Hebrew word in the name of the portion, Vayera, um, means, and he revealed himself. Vayera actually comes from the word Ra'o, which means to see or be seen. Vayera means that God made himself be seen by Abraham. He's, he's now showing himself to Abraham. So here's an interesting story. You see, the, the Reb Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, was born on the 20th day of Cheshvan. So it's about 10 days from today. And every year, as is customary, at the birthday, within a week before the birthday or so, a chassid always goes in to have a private audience with his Rebbe to give him guidance for the year, to give him blessings for the year. And that has been the custom by the Rebbe's throughout the generations. You know, in our time, the Rebbe would meet people around their birthdays and give them, you know, for private audiences. But as the Hasidim grew and there were so many more Hasidim, thousands and thousands of more Hasidim that uh, have become close to, the, to Chabad and to the Rebbe, um, and it grew and grew. At some point, the Rebbe, I think it was 1986 or so, the Rebbe started giving out dollars every Sunday. And the dollars was for you to take and give it as a, uh, give it to charity. So the Rebbe would make you his emissary to give uh, the dollar to tzedakah. 
And at that moment, you'd stand on a line with thousands of people, and you had two or three seconds as you passed the Rebbe. And it wasn't already, it was at a time when the Rebbe was not uh, doing private audiences for people's birthday. So I remember myself that I would go on the Sunday before my birthday, and I would ask the Rebbe for a blessing, and I would get a blessing and on the line. As I got the dollar, the Rebbe gave me blessings for my birthday. So in the Hayom Yom, um, which represents today's day, it, it's actually from the ninth day of Cheshvan, but it tells a story about how the Rebbe Rashab went to have a private audience with his grandfather, the Tzemach Tzedek, who was then the third Chabad Rebbe. So he's four or five years old, and he goes to his grandfather, he goes into the Tzemach Tzedek, and he says to him, and he's crying, he's crying. A young four or five-year-old is crying. Now we all know that four or five-year-olds cry. What do they cry for? I don't know, for a candy, for a toy, to go somewhere. So this four or five-year-old, who later became the fifth Chabad Rebbe, says to him, it was during this week's Torah portion, he says to him, why did God reveal himself to Avraham, to Abraham, but does not reveal himself to us? Can you imagine that? Four or five-year-old is crying about what? He wants to know why he doesn't have a revelation of God? And the Tzemach Tzedek answers him, when a Jew who is a tzaddik, who is a righteous person, decides at the age of 99 that he must circumcise himself, he is worthy of having God reveal himself to him. So here this four or five year old is crying not for candy or toys, <clears throat> but for a revelation of godliness. And what was the lesson that the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, his grandfather, what was the lesson he taught him? He taught him something very, very profound. You know, oftentimes people say to me, Rabbi, inspire me. I need to be inspired. He taught him that a desire for godliness is not enough. A person must perfect himself. A person, like, like become, having a, a, a circumcision at 99. A person must sacrifice himself. You have to do something in order to earn that revelation. It's not enough just to say, I want spirituality. A person has to actually do something to get there. A person says, I want to be in love with my spouse, but does no, um, puts no effort into making that happen. They can have a loveless marriage and life. It takes work. And just as it takes work in our own personal lives, so too it is with spirituality and godliness. You need to be, the, the Tzemach Tzedek is telling his grandson, you need to put some elbow grease into it. You got to do something to make it happen. Get up, do a prayer in the morning, give some charity, light Shabbos candles, show um, um, love for your fellow Jew, study Torah, Eat kosher. Follow the laws of family purity and mikvah. These are the things that give us or put us in a mindset of spirituality and bring us to have a revelation of godliness. <laughs> Shalom, 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 Shalom,
Shalom, Yase Shalom, Shalom Baleinu, Vyalko Israel, Yase Shalom, Yase Shalom, Shalom Baleinu, Vyalko Israel. In about a week and a half, we're going to be beginning our annual Kinus HaShluchim, the annual uh, conference of the Rebbe's emissaries that will convene in New York. You may remember last year, um, it was done hybrid. Those who were able to come to New York and take part came, and the rest were done via um, Zoom and the other uh, formats online virtual formats online. Uh, this year, it's going to be mostly in person with the option of Zoom, as many people are, or most people, if not everybody, is already uh, vaccinated. And uh, thank God the uh, pandemic is slowing down. So they're going to be having it in, in person again, dumbed down a little bit. Uh, they're going to be splitting up people so the groups are not as big as they always are. It'll be smaller groups. I hear, as of now, unless things change before... Um, within two weeks, but as of now, uh, being the large gatherings are not allowed uh, in New York, they're not gonna have the annual uh, huge um, class picture of uh, you know, you know, three or 4,000 of my favorite or closest friends, which is not, is not fun because that's a huge part of the weekly conference, but we're gonna get together and we're gonna have a great time um, as, you know, in pandemic times, the best way we can during these times. And that's gonna be two weeks, actually two weeks from today will actually be the, the, the banquet, which I, I'm assuming is going to be uh, available on our website as it was uh, in the past years. A number of years ago, uh, you know what? It's exactly 10 years ago, in 2011, the guest speaker at the conference was Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs, Allah Shalom. Now, just on a side note, oftentimes I hear people talking and saying the word, about, referring to somebody and saying Allah Shalom. Here's another Hebrew word for the day. It's an important one. Allah Shalom is used for someone who passed away. After they pass away, we say that peace be upon them. Allah, hashalom, peace be upon them. But it's actually, because the Hebrew word for the day, I want to teach you something. The word Allah, hashalom, means be, peace be upon him. In the masculine, in the male form. So when you actually, when you want to say that about someone, you can only say it about a, 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 a boy, a male. What if you're talking about a female who passed away? Then you say, Aleha HaShalom. Peace be upon her. Allah HaShalom is for a boy. Aleha HaShalom is for a girl. In, when you write it, it's typically written in, as an acronym. With the two letters, Ayin and Hey. Ayin stands for Allah. And hey stands for Ashalom. So the acronym would be the same for a man or a woman. Allah or Aleha both begin with the letter Ayin. Hashalom begins with a hey. So um, if it's written in an acronym, you just have to figure it out if it's a male or a female. Allah Ashalom or Allah Ashalom. So Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs, who was the chief rabbi of England and one of the most profound Jewish leaders in the last you know, 30, 40 years. He wrote numerous books. You know, someone just told us on Shabbos that he bought a uh, Tehillim, a, a book of Psalms with the commentary of Rabbi Sachs. Rabbi Sachs was a profound thinker and philosopher. He was knighted by the Queen of England, so he's also called Lord. Um, anyway, so he was the guest speaker at the conference. And I'm going to play his his, the, the, his comments that he spoke that day. But it, I just want to go back. It was in the 60s. He was a, a college student. The 60s, a college student who didn't really know what the pro, 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 trajectory, I think that's the right word. Peter, help me out. Trajectory, I was going to say projection, but I think it's trajectory, trajectory of his life. He was a young college kid, 20 years old, whatever. And he now 
was visiting the United States, and being that he was a philosophy major, and I think he, he said he wanted to be an accountant. You know Jackie Mason's uh, joke about that, right? Every Jewish mother wants their kid to be a doctor. If he's not so, so, so smart, fine, he could be a lawyer. If he has no brains at all, fine, he'll be an accountant. Now, obviously, to be an accountant, you have to be brilliant, as Rabbi Sachs was, and as I, some of you know, my daughter Mushki um, is an accountant, and, and she asked me, I'm telling you, she's, she is brilliant. So this young Rabbi Jonathan Sachs at that time is going around, he's, he's studying it at the university, I think it's the University of Cambridge in England, and he's uh, going around and he's meeting with Jewish leaders, and everyone tells him the same thing, you have to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he had already a little bit of a connection with Lubavitch, I, I don't remember how, but he, he, you know, he had some connection, and, and he eventually uh, gets to meet with the Rebbe, and, and, and he has all these questions about faith and philosophy and this and that, and the Rebbe switches the tables, and the Rebbe says to him, what are you doing to enhance Jewish life at Cambridge? And he couldn't, he, what, me? What do you mean? I, I'm just a student at Cambridge. Why are you asking me what I'm doing to enhance life at Cambridge? I, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm just, I'm Jewish. I'm doing my Jewish thing. I'm putting on tefillin. I'm keeping kosher. I'm doing my own Jewish thing. What do you mean, what am I doing for Jewish life? And they've asked him how many students there are, etc., etc. And the pivotal point of this story, and which I'm going to play for you, is when he says, he's, when the Rebbe asks him, what are you doing? And, he, and his, he answers, in the situation in which I find myself. And the Rebbe stops in mid-sentence and says, very, very important, profound words. No one finds themselves in a situation. You put yourself into a situation. And if you put yourself in one situation, you can put yourself in another situation. And he said, those words from the Rebbe is what changed his life. And in fact, changed what he was going to do in life. And the Rebbe then encouraged him to go into leadership or rabbinics. And the rest is history. He became a great rabbi of the first synagogue and then a bigger synagogue. And eventually the chief rabbi of uh, the Britain, the Commonwealth, I think it's called, of Britain, which included Australia, maybe even Canada. All from what the Rebbe told him that Yechidus. I want you to hear it from him himself. At the conference, there's a little bit of uh, clapping in the middle. I'm sorry about that. But enjoy the way he speaks about it. And then uh, I'll talk to you a little bit about what I thought after uh, seeing this video. And as I prepare for the upcoming conference of Shluchim, as I prepare myself for that, what it all means to me. Here, listen to Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Sachs. Friends, Rabbi Kudlowski asked me to tell you a little story, a personal one of how the Rebbe changed my life. And I've agreed, not because I think my story is special, it isn't. But it is by telling such stories that we remind ourselves of what Chabad is about and what makes it special. It is a story in three acts. The first took place in Tavshin Chav Ches in 1968. Tavshin Chav Zion, Tavshin Chav Ches when I was a second year student, a sophomore at university. I'd already encountered Chabad because Rabbi Shmuel Lu and Rabbi Feibish Vogel visited Cambridge. They were among the very first to go out to university campuses and I was among the very first beneficiaries. Then came that summer, 68, and I came to America to meet great rabbis of the day and every one of them Every single Rav I met in America said, you must see the Rebbe, you must see the Rebbe. So I went to Eastern Parkway, 770. I came in, I said to the first Chazid I met, I'd like to speak to the Rebbe, please. He fell about laughing. He said, do you know how many thousands of people are waiting to see the Rebbe? Forget it. I said, well, I'll be traveling around America. Here's the phone number of my aunt in Los Angeles. If it's possible, phone me. Weeks later, I was in Los Angeles. Came Motzei Shabbat. The phone went. It was Chabad. The Rebbe will see you on Thursday. Now, I had no money in those days. And all I had was a Greyhound bus ticket. Have you ever ridden from Los Angeles to New York? on a Greyhound bus. 
for 72 hours non-stop. I sat on this bus. I came to 770, and eventually the moment came when I was ushered into the rabbi's study. I asked him all my intellectual, philosophical questions. He gave me intellectual, philosophical answers. And then he did what no one else had done. He did a role reversal. He started asking me questions. How many Jewish students in Cambridge? How many get involved in Jewish life? What are you doing to bring other people in? Now, I hadn't come to become a shalia. I come to ask a few simple questions. And all of a sudden, he was challenging me. So I did the English thing. You know, the English can construct sentences like nobody else, you know? Uh, they can construct more complex excuses for doing nothing than anyone else on earth. So I started a sentence in the situation in which I find myself. And the Rebbe did something which I think was quite unusual for him. He actually stopped me in mid-sentence. He says, nobody finds themselves in a situation. You put yourself in a situation. And if you put yourself in that situation, you can put yourself in another situation. That moment changed my life. Here I was. Here I was, a nobody from nowhere, and here was one of the greatest leaders in the Jewish world challenging me not to accept the situation, but to change it. And then, that was when I realized what I've said many times since, that the world was wrong. When they thought the most important fact about the Rebbe was here was a man with thousands of followers. They missed the most important fact that a good leader creates followers, but a great leader creates leaders. That's what the Rebbe did for me. And for thousands of others, friends, that particular episode had an unusual ending. I was due to leave the States, go back to England on my charter flight on a Sunday at the end of August, beginning of September, I can't remember exactly when. So the day before on Shabbos, there was a big fabrang, and the Hasidim told me, you're going back to England, take a bottle of vodka, go up to the rabbi in the Nigan during the fabrangan, uh, and he'll zog a and he'll take it with you, and that'll be the rabbi's vodka. So in the middle of the Febrang and thousands of people there, I went up to the rabbi and gave him to say Lachaim. And he looked at me with surprise. He said, you're going? I said, yes. He said, why? I said, I have to get back to Cambridge. The term is beginning. He turned to me and he said, but the Cambridge term does not begin until October. I never knew then, I still don't know today how he knew it, but he was right. He said to me, I think you should stay for Rosh Hashanah. Very much. I didn't realize if the rabbi said stay, you stay. So I stayed. As a result of which, I heard the rabbi on Rosh Hashanah blow shofar. Quite the most remarkable experience I ever had. The purity of those notes, the sight of all the Hasidim hanging from every surface, trying to catch sight of the rubber blowing chauffeur. And I heard a sound in which heaven and earth touched. And the echoes of that chauffeur have stayed with me ever since. That. Was the challenge he threw down, a challenge to lead. The Rebbe gave then Jonathan Sachs the challenge to lead. And indeed, that's a challenge for each and every one of us. In the opening of the Parsha, the Torah portion that we read yesterday, that is the first time we have a recorded communication between God and Abraham. Abraham being the first Jew. And what does God tell Abraham? Lech lecha me'artzecha. Go forth from your land, your birthplace, and your father's home. And what should you do? Travel to the land that I will show you. You think of that, about that verse, 
and a million questions come to mind. Because it's not such a simple instruction. It may have sounded simple, but think about this. Why are there so many different adjectives to describe the place that he was moving away from? God says, from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's home. Then the next question is, God says, I want you to travel weird to the land that I will show you. Why doesn't God tell Abraham what his destination is going to be? Can you imagine you told, okay, get on the flight. We're going to let you know. Mid-flight, we might let you know where, we're, where the, where the uh, plane is landing. God doesn't tell him where he's going. But most importantly, why is this the first recorded communication between God and the first Jew, between God and the man who initiated the most important monotheistic revolution in all of history? Everyone up until then believed in multiple gods and idols and whatnot. Abraham not only learned to believe in one God, monotheism, but also taught it. And the answer is this. The key to being God's ambassador, or in my case, the key to being a shliach, is to bring more goodness and more godliness and more light to the world. And it's to realize that you are in control of your situation. Like the Rebbe told Rabbi Dr. Sachs, no one finds themselves in a situation. You put yourself in a situation. And if you put yourself in one situation, you could put yourself in another. Regardless of your nature, regardless of your habits, or even of your family attitudes. As God told Abraham, move away from your birthplace, from your father's home, from your land. Regardless of all of that, nature and nurture, you can elevate yourself above it all and devote yourself to God's cause, a cause greater than yourself. And when you do so, your destination will be something far greater than you could ever imagine right now. You can accomplish things you could have never dreamed that you could accomplish. You can become the true leader that you should be. All it takes is to make the move. Commit yourself to a new mitzvah. Set aside time to learn more Torah and follow the inspiration as it elevates you. And hence, I invite you to join us for our Torah studies class. You'll see the Torah you study, the mitzvah you do, will not only elevate you, it'll elevate your family, it'll elevate everyone around you to a better and more wholesome place. It'll bring you personally to your personal holy land. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you about our Torah studies discussion group we have each uh, Thursday evening and I invite you to join us. But I have a number of exciting events coming up that I want you to know about, and I'd love you uh, to join us. Firstly, one of the most amazing places to be on a Friday evening is a Shabbos dinner at home and, and or at our home. And this coming Shabbos, we're having a community Shabbos dinner at Chabad. This is coming Friday night, Friday, October 22nd. And you're invited to join us. We're having a special themed Shabbos dinner. The dinner is going to be a French theme. That's right. As you know, Rachi is from France. And she's going to delight us with some of the amazing French dishes, including, I don't know, I can't even say the words, salad ni Koi's. She's gonna. She's gonna. Uh, she's gonna tell me I'm butchering these words. But the simple one: apple, honey, mustard, salmon, French onion soup. That's really delicious. And boof something or other with herbal pot herb potatoes. Okay, I don't know. I can't speak these words in French. But you will go to our website gachabad.com and click 
on the banner for the French Shabbat. Or if you're really tech savvy, go to gotchabad.com forward slash French Shabbat. One word, F-R-E-N-C-H-S-H-A-B-B-A-T. French Shabbat. Go to our website. You can register to join us. It's for adults. It's for kids. We're going to get together to light the Shabbos candles. We'll have a cocktail hour and then dinner follows. We'd love you to join us. And um, like I said, go to our website. It'll be really fun. Um, as I mentioned, the Armenians will be here. I, oh, did I mention this? We're having a special treat. Next week, our daughter Mushki with her husband, Shmuli Munitz, will be here uh, joining us as well. That's always exciting. Um, so if you want to join us for the special French Shabbos dinner, go to our website, gatchabad.com, and click on the link for uh, the Shabbos dinner. <clears throat> the next amazing event that's happening that I want to tell you about is the Pink Mega Challah October is the um, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And right at the end of October, in the week at the end of October, we're going to have a special Pink Mega Challah for Jewish women and girls, girls over the age of 10. It's going to be Thursday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at Chabad. <clears throat> You'll unite for a, uh, an evening of um, um, uplifting inspiration while baking challah. You'll help support a group called Shasharet, which is an organization that supports and guides women and families through the challenges of this terrible disease. They'll enjoy live musical entertainment. And of course, no Jewish event, especially not at Chabad, happens without food. You'll enjoy challah and dips and salads and desserts, all of that stuff. Again, go to our website, gotchabad.com. G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. It's on our website, on that main page. Again, if you're tech savvy, forward slash pink bake. Pink bake. And uh, you can take part in this mega challah bake. You'll get to learn how to bake challah. You'll learn new twists in challah. You'll be able to decorate your challah um, in any shape you like, uh, including a pink ribbon. And you can make a pink challah if you like too. So... Join us. It's always a lot of fun. We've done this. We haven't done it since uh, the pandemic. We haven't had any of these mega challah But anyone who's ever taken part in any of these mega challah always has gone away inspired and also full. And lastly, know how to make a really, really delicious challah. Again, gachabad.com, and it's on our main page. The last thing I just want to remind you, we've talked about this before. In March, we're going to be going... To on the land and spirit trip, JLI uh, trip to Israel, the Israel experience. It's an eight-day journey to Israel. If you'd like to join us, go to our website, look at the links, check out the FAQs that we have on our website. Um, very important. They'll have all the details of the cost and the itinerary and the various choices that you have. Some of the times, you're going to have a choice to go on your own. Let me rephrase that. Not go on your own, but go on a a side trip to a place you may have never been to and is a whole host of choices um, that you're going to be able to take part in. It's what, it is the best possible trip. So it's all on our website. Go to our website to sign up for our Torah discussion, uh, which begins this Thursday night. Join us for our French Shabbos dinner this fr- coming Friday night. Join us for the pink mega challah bake on Thursday, November 4th. Ladies and gentlemen, Until next week, remember, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. L'chaim! You've been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.